We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome in another edition of the Good and Plenty podcast, and I'm joined by Creighton uh, head coach Greg McDermott, and you, this looks very professional. First of all, you you look uh, way more professional. You got a microphone. I mean, come on, what, what's going on? We're, we're in the pandemic here. I expected you to be in your basement, uh, golf clubs in hand, and, and look at you, you completely outdo me. Well, when you surround yourself by good people that are smarter than you, then you're able to look a little bit more professional than you really are. So uh, over under on the amount of, of rounds you played of golf during the pandemic, I'm going with 50. Significantly over. Wow. You know, we, we had good weather in March and April here. So, and, and uh, you know, when we got shut down uh, at the Big East tournament, when the game got called at, at halftime, uh, you know, before they shut down any airlines, I jumped on a plane to Arizona for a couple of weeks. So I was able to get a bunch in. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of my hobbies that I really enjoy. And fortunately through this pandemic, it was one of the few things you could actually do. Uh, so, but I will say that the, the theory that if I could just play more golf, I'd be better. Not it does not hold true. It is not true. It doesn't matter how much I play. It is. Is your son good? Is Doug like what, when you guys go out there, who's better? Um, what's I just, saw him, I, just I just saw him a couple days uh, this week and his handicap is slightly better than mine. Uh, but some of his money is in my pocket after those two days of golf. So, so like, what will you bet? I mean, I'm probably a little mentally stronger than he is. Well, we know that. Um, <laughs> What, what will you guys gamble? I mean, does it really matter anymore? Like how you, I mean, he, he makes more than you now. He does. Really the, the, uh, the amount is insignificant. It's just <laughs> who has to pay who and how painful that is when that happens. So we have a good time with it. My oldest son, Nick plays a bunch too. So uh, it's a great way to spend some family time. You, you don't get Teresa out there with you? She does not play golf, which is probably a good thing, and, and Sydney doesn't either. So it's it's uh, pretty much just a guys. So uh, I've heard, according to my sources, that the, the other thing that you've spent a lot of time with over the pandemic is your grilling game, Tra- trying to really up your grilling game. And I, I don't know if you're going to be, you know, uh, cooking at, at the Drover anytime soon here, but uh, how, how's that going? 
I, I enjoy throwing some food on the smoker. I enjoy the, the grill. And again, you know, a lot of restaurants were closed uh, during the pandemic. So it, it gave us something to try and to do. And Doug was back here a bunch as were uh, both all three of our kids. So, you know, I think Doug even learned to cook a little bit, which is a, that's really incredible when you think about that, but you know, it's, it's something that's fun to do and I enjoyed it and uh, a good way to kill some time. Yeah, I'm pretty limited uh, with my cooking abilities. I can, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken, maybe some salmon. You gotta know, keep not, it simple. Yeah, got to keep it simple. I mean, got to keep it simple. Um, so practice starts this week. Crazy. I mean, we're finally kind of here at a point where we feel like basketball is is around the corner. NBA over now. We got 45 days from when we're taping this uh, to when the season Uh, It's supposed to start on November 25th. What's it going to be like this week with practice starting up, do you think? Well, you know, fortunately, the NCAA gave us that window of, you know, three weeks where we could gradually kind of gear the guys up and and get them back on the practice floor. And and the reality of it is, is, you know, many of our guys played very little to no five-on-five from the middle of March until last a couple weeks ago. So, you know, trying to get that timing back, um, and just get them, get them to feel like they've, you know, they've, they're back in a groove a little bit and, and just the conditioning part of it, because, you know, had we had them here all summer, they're playing five on five, they're playing pickup games four or five days a week. Uh, when you take that away, it really takes some time to get some of that back. Uh, so that's, that'll be really the, the, the early part of practice. Let's make sure they're in shape. Let's make sure their bodies are right. Uh, let's gradually introduce the full court part of it. It's a big part of what we do and the speed with which we do it. Um, but these three weeks have given us a, at least an opportunity to, to gradually, uh, you know, have some things that we've been able to give to them. Um, and, you know, the older guys are doing a great job trying to help the new guys fit in as quickly as possible. What worries you the most about the season? Is it the contact tracing part of all this, that if somebody gets COVID, they're out 14 days, uh, but you can't necessarily test out of quarantine if, 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 if you've been around that person uh, who, who tested positive? Well, I, I mean, the current recommendations are if somebody tests positive, your whole really tier one group shuts down for 14 days. And, I don't think a season is realistic if we have to follow those protocols. I think it's just going to be very difficult uh, because as we're seeing, I think, you know, people, people get it and some people get sicker than others. Um, But, you know, that's going to be very difficult because in basketball, you know, Jeff, as you know, like we're not just sitting out two weeks. We can't sit out two weeks and play a game the next Tuesday. There's going to be some time that you're going to have to ramp that back up. So, you know, my charge with the Big East and, and with our administration, we have to get to 13 games as soon as we possibly can. We've got to get to the minimum number of games to make sure you qualify for the NCAA tournament in case some crazy things happen. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you can do everything right and your two opponents are shut down. And then who do you play? And I think there has to be – you have to be able to adapt. You have to be flexible. I'm hopeful uh, that across the country if if some – some teams are shut down across other leagues and, you know, we can't play because Seton Hall and Providence is shut down and Kansas state can't play because they're supposed to play Texas tech and Texas. Can we play Kansas state that week? You know, I I hope that there'll be some flexibility to allow us to do that. Let's just try to get games in. Let's, let's have these guys have as normal of season as we possibly can in some really abnormal times. Yeah. I mean, listen, adapt, 
is got to be the biggest word of the season to me is, is who cares who you play, where you play them as the season goes on. It's just play games, uh, do it for the kids as much as anything else. And for a sense of normalcy, um, you've got a good team though. I mean, you, you had a hell of a team last year. You got a team that I don't know if people realize could be as good, if not better, despite losing uh touchdown Alexander, because you've got bigs now. I mean, what, what's it like to actually have big men again? Yeah, it, it's, it's been great. And, you know, having said that Christian Bishop and, and Calvin Jones were terrific last year. And when we went to the small ball lineup with, with Mahoney or Jefferson at the five, we had a lot of success, but, you know, we're going to miss Tyshawn. Uh, you know, he did, you take for granted the, the offensive numbers, the assist to turnover and, you know, his efficiency offensively. But, you know, what he was able to do defensively really was to take the other team's best perimeter player out of the game uh, and make it very difficult on him. And somebody's going to have to embrace that role. I think Denzel Mahoney's hungry to do it. I think Damian Jefferson can help, can help us there. I think Marcus Zigorowski uh, can take some of that load as well. Uh, but, you know, I like this team and, and, you know, we, we have a lot of pieces back. Jacob Epperson is back on the practice floor, uh, you know, doing some really good things. And, you know, I think Ryan Kalkbrenner, the freshman from St. Louis, has a chance to, to really uh, have an impact on this year's team. So we have some depth in the front line that we didn't have last year that uh, hopefully can provide a little rim protection on the back of that defense. Yeah, I've heard Kalkbrenner has been uh, pretty impressive so far from, uh, from, from a few people around there. What, what's his game like and how do you see his role being this year? Well, he reminds me a lot, Jeff, of Brooke Lopez. I mean, that's kind of how he moves, you know, big guy, you know, really, uh, you know, legit seven footer, but, but skilled can step out and shoot the basketball. Um, and is very skilled in the post, right hand, left hand, left shoulder, right shoulder doesn't make any difference. And now it's just a matter of the speed of the game, especially for us is much different than the high school level, him getting accustomed to playing with that pace and that speed, making some of the reads on the perimeter when we pop him to the top of the floor. But, you know, we're going to have to throw it to him some of the block too, because he's very crafty when he catches it down there. Um, and you know it's just going to be it's going to be a nice piece for us to to be able to rotate him and Jacob and Christian and maybe move Christian to the four some, um, you know some possibilities that didn't exist last year are certainly there uh, for the taking this year. So I have to admit, and and you don't need to tell uh, Mandy and Zach this, but I never thought I'd put Marcus Zagorowski as a preseason first team All American, but I think that's where I'm leaning to towards going right now. Uh, you know I remember seeing him shoot maybe his. I don't know, it was sophomore year of high school when he came and he played Newburyport High School and thinking like, good little player, like nice player, uh, but I didn't ever see this type of progression. What what have you seen since you first laid eyes on him to now that's enabled him to get to this point? Uh, you know, I think the first time I watched him, I think my feeling was probably similar to yours. You know, this this kid really knows how to play the game. And then you watch another game and you watch another game and you, you realize how much he impacts winning and how he has his fingerprints all over a game. And, you know, that's what became impressive to me, um, you know, watching his AAU team and the success that they were able to have, uh, you know, he made other guys better yet. He could hit the big shot at the big time uh, or make the right play or the mic right read at that time. So, uh, it's been fun to watch him. He's a perfectionist by nature. He's really, really hard on himself. And that's something that we're, 
trying to work through uh, because he has to kind of get past that uh, and move on to the next play quicker. But it's also what's made made him great. So it's a fine line that we walk, uh, you know, trying to get him uh, just to be a little bit less hard on himself, play the game, play it with joy. Uh, but, you know, he scores at all three levels. Uh, he's a great leader. He sees the floor. Um, you know, he really fits our up-tempo system uh, because of the plays that he can make in transition. And, you know, as you know, having having gotten to know the family, he's just delightful to coach. You know, he's one of those guys that uh, you wish you'd have on your team every year because he's that much fun to be around. 100% is he back? I know he told me months ago that he thought he was he was going to be better because he's dealt with some injuries that have kind of been nagging over the last couple of years and uh, the knee injury, getting that cleaned up. Uh, how does he look? I think his body feels better than it ever has. So I think physically, I think he's in as good a place as he's as he's ever been. Now it's just a matter, and you know, I've explained to Marcus when you when you miss four months, you don't come back and play like you were playing in March. It's just going to take some time to get your timing back. Uh, to get your feel back. And then you add to it the inability to play five on five when he did get back and get healthy. So it's, it's going to be a process. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got to, you know, trust his teammates like he always has. And, you know, I think he'll be playing his best basketball when we, when we make the turn probably to 2021. I think it's going to take him some live game action to get back to where he was. Uh, but the body's great. He's really put on some, some significant strength that I think is going to help him on both ends of the floor. Give me your, your, your favorite memory coaching your kid, coaching Doug. And then give me the story that, that's never been told, if there is one, of when you guys just went at it about something, whether it was a play call, something. Because I, I, I know your relationship, um, and, and, and he's so easygoing. You, you know where I stand with him. Uh, one of my favorite kids, maybe the favorite kid I ever covered doing this. Uh, but I, there's got to be something there where you guys just went at it, right? Uh, I mean, there were times, certainly. And, I, you know, I think his, his, his freshman year, uh, you know, it, that was difficult for him uh, because, obviously, I'm, I've gone from his father's voice to his coach's voice, and it's different. Uh, but, you know, we had a couple times. There was, a, there, was a, there was an ESPN game against Wichita State one year where I really got after him in a timeout, uh, you know, face-to-face and uh, – my wife didn't really have, want to have much to do with me when I got home that night. But, uh, you know, it, it was a great experience, as you know, Jeff. And I, I wish a lot of people could experience uh, what I was able to experience. I think, you know, looking back at the positive things, you know, certainly NBA draft night was something that, you know, you'll never forget. But, uh, you know, I think going to that first NCAA tournament together, winning that Missouri Valley Conference championship when he was a sophomore, uh, you know, going back to the NCAA tournament, having your son as part of the team is something that's that's pretty cool. But, you know, as I look back on it now, you know, he scored a ton of points, over 3,000 points. And, you know, I got to be part of all those games, all those practices. And, uh, you know, and, and now that he's in the NBA, now we can have those basketball talks that we didn't really have when he was in college uh, because you're not going to call your coach about something. You know, he'd, he'd had enough of me in practice. But, but now we can talk basketball you know talk how he's playing where does he fit what's he got to get better at um you know how do, how do I best adjust to you know a, a different coach or a different team which has happened to him several times throughout his career so you know it's it's a fun relationship and and obviously we we both love basketball so you know that part of it's been really neat from a father-son perspective is it crazy to think where you were like 10 years ago and where you are now and what Creighton has been able to to allow you in terms of the success you've had 
the, the almost peace of mind you've had to coach the way you want to recruit the type of kids you want to recruit? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a, you know, we obviously we were successful at Northern Iowa and we, we didn't get the job done at Iowa state the way that I wanted to. Uh, I think we left it in a better spot than we, when we, than than when we got there, uh, there were a lot of things behind the scenes that kind of had to be cleaned up. And, and obviously when Fred took over, he, he, he did a, an unbelievable job. Uh, but you know, Creighton has really fit me and, you know, Bruce Rasmussen, uh, is, is terrific. I think one of the best athletic directors in the country and, you know, his vision, uh, you know, as we sit in this beautiful practice facility, this is something that was designed before we were even thinking about going to the Big East. And, you know, now we have one of the top facilities in the country and, and we're in a great basketball conference, basketball centric concert conference. So it's, it's, it's really become home for us. And, uh, you know, that's been fun. And, and as you know, I've, you know, ch- had a change in my coaching philosophy during my time at Creighton. And that was, that was hard for me at first because you kind of have to let go of some things that you felt have worked for you in the past and kind of explore this newness in the game that you really haven't tinkered with very much. Um, but it was also fun and it was, I think it was, it was rejuvenating to talk to some people that play the way that we play, get new ideas and then kind of formulate a new philosophy of how you want this to look and, and the pieces that you have to bring on board to make it happen. And uh, it's been a lot of fun for us and I've had a lot of great assistants that have worked with me during that time, um, which has made it really, really enjoyable. But, you know, we're hopeful that, you know, we brought some value to the Big East and, and certainly the Big East has brought value to Creighton and helped, I think, promote our program on a national basis in a way that uh, we weren't able to do prior to us entering this league. Do you remember what it was or who it was that, that actually enabled you to, to say, you know what, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change kind of um, how I go about you know, whether it's a system or, or whatnot, was it something specific, somebody? Yeah, you know, it, it really was the first first year at Creighton. Uh, you know, we uh, we ended up playing, I think, in the CBI. Um, and we had a we got beat in the first round of the Big East or the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. And we had 10 days before we played. Uh, so I had a, a very senior laden team, uh, you know, Caleb Corver and, Daryl Ashford, Wayne Runnels, Kenny Lawson, um, Casey Harriman. And then I had a bunch of young guys. That was Doug's freshman class with jaw hands. Grant had transferred in. Uh, Ethan Rogge was young. Um, so we had to figure out something to do those 10 days. So we set it up like a seven-game NBA series. And we took the older guys on one team, and then we played some of the red shirts and and younger guys on the other team. And, and we allowed that team to just play fast. Uh, Antoine Young was on that team was a, uh, I believe he was a junior at the time as a point guard. And, and once we got going up and down and seeing what Doug and Ethan and Grant jaw hands, how they were functioning in the full court, Gregory Echenique had just become eligible. Then, uh, we really liked what we saw. And then it was almost fate in our second game. We played Davison and, and coach McKillop. And I think the score at halftime was 54 to 48 and, and, you know, we couldn't stop them. And they were, they were, we ended up winning 102 to 94 or 96. Uh, but, you know, they, their, their spacing was impeccable. Uh, you know, the way they used their bigs in transition and attacked you make or miss every single time. So that really got it started. And that game for me came at the perfect time to see what you could do with maybe, uh, you know, 
not a bunch of guys that can top, touch the top of the square, but guys that really know how to play the game of basketball, how you can play with pace and play fast and be successful. And, and to be honest, Jeff, the more I got into it, it was really fun for me to coach. It's a fun system to play. It's a fun style to play. I think most players will tell you, if you ask them how you want to play, you want to play fast. They sell, they'll say they want to play fast. Um, I don't think many understand how hard it is to play fast, to do it consistently, to have the impact that you want it to have in the game. You've got to do it every time. And, and I think those are some of the lessons I took from Coach McKillop and watching film of his team's play. And then we've just kind of built it to fit our personnel and our system, and it's been a lot of fun. That's interesting. I never heard you tell that story before uh, of kind of that, that – you know, that run and Davidson and, and I didn't know that. So interesting. Um, yeah, it was a, it just ended up being a perfect storm the way. Yeah. It, well, uh, you can try out. it. Like you said, you yeah. can try it, you know, certainly, uh, you know, watching, uh, in, in that event, colorful days of fall are now upon us. Are your small business needs evolving despite the current uncertainty, having the right people in your team is like feeling the warmth of being wrapped up in a blanket. So when your business is ready to make that next tire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 690 million members worldwide. Getting started easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates and quickly. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. Identify strong candidates with their efficient rating system to help quickly get your job in front of more qualified candidates. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the the right person and do it faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash good. Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. NFL Futures, Kansas City Chiefs struggled a little bit with the Patriots, but plus 350. Ravens and Lamar Jackson, plus 600. Russell Wilson having an MVP type year, plus 800 with the Seahawks. The Packers, plus 850. Tampa Bay plus 1200 and the Patriots plus 3500. Bet online going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering to win uh, division and championship futures. Head to Bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What's the latest on Big East right now? I mean, we're kind of waiting, right? And I had heard these rumors that there might be some sort of bubble months ago in Omaha. You know, they might do two different sites. What's the latest from what you're hearing on how the Big East is going to do their schedule? Well, you know, I think we're, I think they're close to coming up with some sort of schedule, at least for December. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, I think everybody's, probably agrees we need to play as many games as we can as fast as we can uh you know most of our campuses are going to be empty for the month of december and a good portion of january let's try to get as many games in as we possibly can during that time where you essentially have kind of created a small bubble on your own campus because nobody else is here Um, you know i think the 
I think the bubble uh, possibility, I think, I think you're foolish if you don't prepare for something like that in, in case things go a different direction and it's the only way to get games in. And I think our, our league is doing a good job of, of preparing for something like that. Should we need to do it? I think us coaches are probably um, in agreement that we would like to think that that's a last resort. Let's try to play some on campus uh, and see how that goes. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think you have to have that as part of your playbook uh, to try to get the season in because we have, we have some really good teams in this league this season. You, how, how many games do you have right now locked in? I know you got the, the deal out at, at uh, South Dakota, right? You got yep. that one. Um, you're going to go visit Mount Rushmore, take your kids there while you're over there? No. Well, you don't know your geography because Sioux Falls to Rapid City, South Dakota, it's not like you're just walking across the street. It's a, it's a half a day drive, Jeff. And if you'd come and visit the Midwest and the upper Midwest a little more often <laughs> and get out of your little you know, world there on the East Coast, you would re- realize there's some great things here. But, uh, you know, we have three games there. Um, we are going to go to Kansas for sure. Uh, I talked to Coach Self last week, um, and I think we have that worked out uh, that we will play a game there, I believe, on December 8th. Um, and and then we're just working on getting a couple home games, and then we're Coach Hoiberg and I, Hoiberg and I are in discussions on how, how are we going to play our game yep. with – likely the big 10 and the big East starting in December when we usually play that game. So it's trying to find a spot for it. That'll work for both teams. Um, but then now, now you're to your seven and you have 20 league games and away you go. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of flexibility, uh, but you know, I like the fact that I have a, you know, an experienced team I would hope will handle that better than some others. Yeah. I, I think, and I've done this when I've ranked in the preseason, the teams that bring back a ton of players like you guys, like Villanova, like Baylor, Gonzaga, uh, are going to have a major advantage this year, aren't you? Well, I think experience always matters in college basketball, and I don't think that's ever been in question. It, it, and you see teams that, that that have guys that have been around and been in their system, and it just makes it so much easier. I think this year, because this year is so different, uh, I think it's very, very important uh, to your point. And, you know, that's been kind of our mantra this year is like, it's going to be different. There's going to be interruptions. We have to do different better than everybody else. And, and we have to be able to adjust to the things that are going to come our way. And, um, you know, hopefully our guys are mature enough to do that. Here's one that people have asked me that I don't even know how to answer yet. And you may not have an answer on this yet. Uh, are fans going to be allowed into, into the arena? Do you, do you, do you have any idea yet how that's going to play out to start the season? And as we go yeah. along, you know, there's so many layers to that, and I think we're in the middle of that. You know, first, it has to be allowed uh, where, you know, in the county that you live in, and I, th- I think for us it is. Uh, now it's a matter of, of how many can we, you know, effectively make sure we have social distancing. Uh, you know, how do people get into the game? How do they get out of the game? Uh, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And then, you know, you have to have the blessing of your conference and of your university. Uh, so, I, you know, I think there are places where there won't be any fans. And I think there are some that, you know, hopefully can try it and see how it goes. And I'd, I'd like to think that we could be one of them. But having said all that, you have to, you know, obviously our players and staff, safety, uh, is, is paramount. And then you have to pivot to, you know, fans are going to, going to want to come to the game, but you also want to make sure you're providing them a safe environment as well. So, you know, there's a lot of check marks that have to be checked before that happens. Uh, I think 
you know, football, even though it's outdoors, I think having some games on TV and people getting more comfortable understanding, try to wear masks the best you can uh, in those environments. I think that all helps. Uh, so, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll at least be able to play in front of a few fans. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where, where I should go, uh, where I can go, you know, for it to start like Mohegan Suns two hours from me. So I don't have to get on a plane to go there. Do I go to Orlando? Do I go, go see, you know, South Dakota and you can take me on a, on a little trip there of, you know, what's in the Midwest. I don't know. Well, there, there will be fans. I know there, you know, I think there'll be three or 400 per school. Um, at least that's the plan right now for the, for the event in Sioux Falls and, uh, the Sanford health pe- people will do a great job up there. Obviously it's a huge medical, uh, hospital organization that's putting it on. So, um, you know, it, safety will be, uh, first and foremost, uh, but we're playing in a wonderful facility in the Pentagon. And I think it'll be a, obviously it's a great event. There's some good teams in it. Hey, circling back to the very first question I had to you on your golf game, I was thinking, who's the best golfer of any college basketball coach in America? Oh, man. There's, There's some somebody good ones, who's you know. really good that we don't know about out there? Dan Marley's a great player. And, he, you know, he's not, uh, no he's not in college basketball yeah. now, but he was for a long time. But, he, you know, he's a scratch golfer. Uh, Steve Alford's a good player. Um, you know, there's uh, – there's some good ones. Uh, Ricardo Patton used to be a, I used really? to play with him a little bit. He's a really good play, player. Doc Sadler sucks. He's not near as good <laughs> as he thinks he is. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, the, I think there's a lot of guys that like to play the game and enjoy the game. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I do. I hope all is well. I hope you guys can, uh, get going with practice here this week and kind of return to some sense of normalcy. I know you already have a little bit. Uh, and I think as we get closer here, we we just need everybody to have, kind of have their schedules in place in the next couple of weeks, uh, be back practicing and, you know, listen, get to November 25th. Yeah. And, you know, that's our hope. Let's uh, let's let's get there. Let's get to start playing some games. And, you know, and I think once the games start, I think that's even more motivation for our team to make sure you're doing all the right things when you're not in our facility. You know, it's easy to control what's going on here college students when you when you leave the walls of this building and you and you're out on campus with other students and in the community with other students then you know that's where you, a problem can arise so hopefully as we get closer to those games uh there'll be even more motivation to make sure we're doing the right things and uh you know hopefully we can have a great season all right well ne- next podcast we'll do your, your your son was working out so he was unable to to surprise you and and pop on and tell a few stories you know uh, ripping on you but next one we'll, we'll have to I'll have to coordinate it a little better yeah he, he he enjoys that he's good at that but uh he needs to be back in the gym so that's good to hear he's in the gym shooting the ball shooting the ball and he needs no what he needs is a haircut that's what he needs you you are right there I don't I think there's maybe been one slight trim since the middle of January so I don't know how uh, I don't know how Teresa let him uh Go out on national TV thinks, with that he haircut. Thinks, he thinks it's pretty cool, but uh, I don't know. I, he quit listening to me a long time ago. Yes, well, that that that's happening right now with with my daughter. Trust me, at seventeen years old, man, you get that. Uh, you know, they know everything, and she's had her license for for a month, and you know, you can't tell her anything about you know what what she's doing wrong. None of it. No, that's the, that's the beauty of those teenage years. And sometimes when they get to 23 or 24, they'll come back and 
look at you and say you weren't as dumb as I thought you were all those years, but uh, uh, that's about as that's about as close to to a compliment as you're going to get. Well, listen, thanks for jumping out again. We'll talk soon, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to see you at some point this year. Always great to catch up, Jeff. You got it. Thanks, Greg. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.